is the Go Blue Crew. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick, joined by Derek Devine. Uh, tonight is episode 138 of the Go Blue Crew. But Derek, man, these things, uh, they just get a little sadder and sadder every week. Michigan coming off of a 49-11 to 11 loss against Wisconsin where nothing worked except for one drive with Cade McNamara coming in to relieve Joe Milton. Uh, just an embarrassing outing. And I cannot think of the last time Michigan had this bad of a three-game stretch. How are you feeling? feel horrible, to be <laughs> completely honest with you. I, I That's don't a good know. word, yeah. I just don't know that I could have... I don't know if anyone could have expected it to look the way it looks now. We had floated out the idea of a four and four season. We've even discussed that since that conversation as things went awry against Michigan State and then eventually Indiana. But I mean, even thinking of a four and four season, I would have thought that four losses would mean that Michigan has looked competitive, at least, you know, showing signs of a potentially bright 2021 good quarterback play and you know some of these young weapons really stepping up and you know in the last two weeks and and what really were blowouts um yeah I mean it's not not what I expected at all And, and we had talked about you know Wisconsin would be a tough team to beat um you know they came out of a what 15 day stretch or even longer um of not playing any games and, and barely even practicing for some of the guys. And they look like a team that's was well-prepared and executed like they've been playing, you know, a full big 10 season, let alone, you know, a shortened big 10 season. And yeah, I mean, I just don't have many positive things to say. I, I don't, I'm trying to remember, you know, we, we talk about our volunteer days once in a while. I don't sure know do. that we did any podcasting in the Brady Hoke era. I know that we were, definitely probably doing some writing at the time um, or maybe not even that but you know since we've been connecting on a usually weekly bi-weekly at least monthly basis we have not seen a stretch like this since we've been doing a podcast and I tell you what you know just doing it for you know fun and hanging out it's it's always a, a pleasure to talk but you know it's not as fun for you or I or anyone doing this when the team you love is one and three and i mean look abysmal like this is not uh michigan football um but at the same time it very much is and it's the current state that we uh that we are in yeah since you mentioned brady hoke i mean one thing that that has kind of become clear to me the started i would say you know right after the indiana game is that the way this michigan team plays and how unprepared they look and how outcoached they seem to be each week now. It reminds me so much of Brady Hoke's last season of how just sad that team was. Uh, you hardly ever gave them a real chance to win. And if they did, I mean, it had to be really ugly because you couldn't count on that team putting together like a really good 60-minute performance. And here we are, um, you know, in 2020, and it just feels so similar to, to you know, what would that have been, 2014, I think. I mean, it, it's it's like we're right back in that same boat again 
where this team just constantly looks outmatched, like they don't really know what they're doing, and and they looked outcoached, they look outprepared. I mean, it's it's everything across the board. You find it really difficult to say like, yeah, this is where Michigan has the advantage, or even after a game, uh, you find it difficult to to point to an area where Michigan like performed well or did better than the other team. And that's so sad that I think we've gotten to that point. And I've seen a couple other people uh, notice that too, just, you know, the way things feel and the way things look for this program right now, it just is eerily similar to what uh, ultimately sent away Brady Hoke. Yeah. And that's not something, you know, you even want to think about. We, we often, talk about you know the rich rod and Brady hope days as days we never want to revisit and maybe more specifically rich rod's first season and maybe more of his whole tenure and, and then i'd say brady hoax you know final season which is you know what you're referring to directly and i don't think that's what we expected to feel ever um and i'm not going to say that you know at some point if, even if jim harbaugh had won championships that, you know, year 15 or similar to like with the Lloyd Carr era ending. Like, I don't, I don't want to say that it was never going to happen, but I don't think we expected it to happen in year six. I don't know that, you know, everyone was convinced Michigan would have multiple championships by now, or at least they shouldn't have. That's just not the program's recent history, let alone history at all. Um, but I think you expected, you know, Michigan to build off of a first great season under Harbaugh, um, you know, be a spot away from a Big Ten championship and maybe a college football playoff. And, yeah, I mean, that's not what things look like. And, and now you're preparing, you know, as a team and you're, you're writing and you're podcasting about a potential fourth loss in a row, this time to the team in Rutgers, which is an improved Rutgers team that beat Michigan State, who obviously beat Michigan this year. And I just – kind of like un- uncharted territory compared to, uh, I guess, either even what we thought going into the season or or maybe, you know, thinking years back when Harbaugh was hired. Like, I don't think we could have expected this to be the conversation in year six. Uh, and it's sad that this is the reality. But, yeah, I mean, this is where we're at. And I guess we just got to, you know, take the punches and continue to to rock the pod and, and come up with some kind of positive spin if we can ever <laughs> – ever find one again this season i take the punches and rock the pod uh sounds like it sounds like you're auditioning for a coaching job like you're ready to talk to the media with those kind of sayings i'd be ready to talk to the i'd be ready to talk to the media whenever i'm beyond prepared okay good good does does the go blue crew do we have have we updated our official position on fire harbaugh man we talked about this last week i I feel like we're, we're going to talk about it basically every week, though. We're getting close. I, uh, you know, wanted to gather some cheap likes on Saturday because there's just nothing to tweet about. Yeah. And I, I kind of said the, the the Joe era or Joe Milton era was a short-lived one. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I don't I don't think that would is necessarily the case. I mean, there is a quarterback competition now, apparently, and it doesn't sound like either guy is backing down, or would they? I mean, again, I think you're playing for – a spot on the, the 2021 roster more than this year. Cause now this year's worth nothing. And so there's, I mean, there's two things and, you know, we're just kind of going at it, but there's two things that come to mind that I think would be interesting to discuss. And the first one is 
you know, beyond Rutgers this weekend, which seems like one of the few, I mean, two of the four games that may be winnable this year. Um, and again, nothing's a guarantee, but you know, as you, as you look into Michigan facing Rutgers, like how hard do you think it is, given the circumstances of the season, as you look to, you know, like is this the same as hoax last year? Like where's the heart? Where's the grit? Like do you think it's just hard for these guys to get up and play in general now? Maybe more so than than already seems to be a problem as Harbaugh leads the squad. Like, I mean, what, what are you playing for at this point? You know what I mean? Yeah, I've I've had those same thoughts and like more specifically looking at guys who are injured. You know, I think about a Quiddy Pay who uh definitely was going to be one of those college football players to really benefit from having a season um because of you know what he might become in the NFL. But guys like him, you know, do you sit there and wonder like my team is 1 in 3? we're not going to the conference championship. We're not going to the college football playoff. You know, we're probably not getting into a decent bowl for that matter. Um, My head coach won't say it, but he's probably, you know, he feels like he's coaching for his job now every week. Like what is the purpose of me coming back and continuing to play? And so I have thought about that. And I, I mean, it, it seems like, you know, even if you're a guy who's, who's, totally healthy and you're like you know ready to give it your all every week um when you consider the fact that this is a pandemic shortened season and uh games are getting canceled and postponed left and right uh, college football as a whole doesn't seem to have as good a grip on this thing as we kind of hoped would happen by this point i think there, there has to be some of that lingering sense of what are we doing this for? And and it's probably, yeah, it was, I mean, I would say it's probably hard to get up uh, for these games like normal. And I c- can't imagine anybody would ever admit that, but it just seems like as humans, uh, we can probably expect that it's getting difficult at this point. That's kind of where I'm focusing is, you know, we used to talk about this as the the bowl trend became, if you're not playing in a meaningful bowl, you, you know, you sit out if you're a, NFL prospect and you know I think a lot of people have proven that that's the right decision we've seen guys like Jake Butt play and and really honestly derail the start of his NFL career because of that um getting injured in a bowl game early um you know a few years ago and and I just feel like it's almost similar to you know how can you expect you know real humans in the middle of a pandemic on a one in three team where the media is just frying you and questioning your coach and, you know, how, how he's doing and is he going to be back or is Michigan going to bring him back? I mean, I mean, it's our, I mean, 2020 for everybody is already, you know, enough of a, a year to deal with. It feels like every week is a month. Uh, and there's obviously there's people, you know, in, in much tougher situations than others. Um, and, and for the most part, these guys are all going to have it pretty good um, being in the situation they're in on the team. But, yeah, I mean, I don't want to, you know, excuse anybody of, you know, not playing with heart or not playing super hard or not being into it. Uh, but I'm trying not to be too focused on the Brady Hulk Harbaugh comparison, just given all of the circumstances this year. Uh, because I, I do like I don't I didn't watch Jim Harbaugh today um, or yesterday. It was this is a Tuesday evening recording this. But he doesn't seem insincere when he talks. 
Um, he does seem disappointed. He does, you know, seem unsure. And he, he does seem like he wants to focus on the problem. This isn't the the Jim Harbaugh that you saw at the end of his short 49ers tenure where he was just, you know, a miserable mess to the media. He's He's not the same hothead and, you know, goofy guy he was when he came to Michigan in the Harbaugh that, you know, Michigan had hired. Um, he's changed a lot, and people will point that out any given weekend. But, you know, overall, he, he doesn't seem to be fizzled out in the way he was at previous stops. Um, he seems to, you know, still be trying to at least show that he's enjoying everything. So I, I don't want to make that hoke Harbaugh comparison just yet, but, you know, the reality is the product on the field is terrible, and I think a lot of it and the most obvious glaring parts of it is these guys simply just don't look like they care. I mean, comparing sidelines, you know, I feel like that's always been a thing for Michigan programs in the last 10 years is, you know, you got one side jumping up and down, having the time of their lives, and then Michigan's just kind of there. Um, I don't know what fixes that, you know, from bottom up of the program, but, yeah, something's not there. Something's clearly not working, and, yeah, now we're about to discuss whether or not they can beat Rutgers. Yeah, and actually before we get on to Rutgers, um, you know, speaking of, of Jim Harbaugh and like what his job is as a, as a coach right now, I think his his most important priority has to be getting everyone who's part of the program and suiting up on Saturdays to be 100% bought in, invested, hyped up, ready to go. And, and I say that, you know, just a minute ago, I was kind of excusing uh, the what seems like an inevitability that, that, you know, that's not really going to happen just because of everything going on. But if you're the coach of a major college football program, it, 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 never mind that actually, if you're a coach of like any team, your peewee team, I mean, the guys who show up and play, or, you know, if you're the, the peewee team, the kids that show up and play, you have to be 100% bought in before you get out of that van, before you walk through the gate. That has to be like a prerequisite prerequisite that you said as a coach and I think that's that's Jim Harbaugh's biggest challenge right now is is getting everyone to that point where there's an excitement and and a sense that like these results are are unacceptable because we are Michigan you have to have a little bit of that arrogance and to say that that Michigan is bigger than us and and we we need to be better than what we are because uh, the people who have come before us the people who support us the people who who give us their money, um, they they deserve better than that. So I think that's probably his his most difficult job. And 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 if he can figure that out, maybe there's something to salvage here. But um, if not, it's going to make the the other things like the schematic issues and and some of the talent gaps just that much more noticeable because there isn't that buy-in to initially just get you off the ground and get you going. So. Looking at Michigan Rutgers, uh, Michigan here is, is a 10.5 point favorite. Again, this is as of Tuesday evening. Uh, COVID 19 seems to make these lines shift a little more than usual, but you know, obviously still expect Michigan to be some kind of favorite going into this one. Uh, Saturday, Saturday night game on Big Ten Network. I'm not crazy about that, but uh, this feels like one of the last games of the season. Like Michigan has a legitimate shot to win. Do you think Harbaugh is is coaching for his job here, or do you feel like Michigan might be able to to head in and like take care of business and get back on track? Because I don't know how I'm feeling about this. So so how are you feeling? Yeah, I think you know a couple of things. 
if you can't win this game, then yeah, I think he's for sure officially coaching for his job. I think everything you've seen in the past three weeks will just continue to, you know, elevate in terms of the media and within the fan base and alumni. And you're going to enter some very nasty territory if you are losing to Rutgers. And, and it doesn't matter if Rutgers beat Michigan State and Michigan State beat you. That's just, you know, not a place you want to be. And Michigan has lost to Rutgers before. Um, and I know we've seen how that's gone in the past, but it would be much worse this year. Rutgers could easily add to, you know, the current misery of the program and Jim Harbaugh. Um, but I do think that this is a game that's winnable is a game that could, I don't know if it even gets Harbaugh and Michigan on track. I think it just, you know, it might be somewhat of a collective sigh of relief. Like, okay, it's bad. But like at least you didn't lose to Rutgers. Not that it's a good thing to be in that place because you don't want to be like, oof, like at least we didn't lose to Rutgers. But we like, did it, guys. We beat the Scarlet Knights. It's yeah. going to be a sense of relief for anybody, um, whether you're a fan or a coach or a player. And and then, yeah, you got to see what Penn State does against Iowa and you go into a matchup that was supposed to be one of the top football matchups in the nation this year. Um, especially like pre-pandemic. And yeah, I mean, that could easily be a, a game with two teams with one win or two teams with zero wins. Um, so yeah, I think that this is an opportunity to get back on track. Curious to see what they do um, with guys probably still going to be out via injury and, and maybe a potential quarterback decision. But it's a winnable game. But, you know, Michigan's got to show up um, because we've seen what happens when they don't. Um, they, they, they start very slow. They get themselves out of a game, you know, by the end of the first quarter and Rutgers similar to, I mean, even the start of the Minnesota game, um, you don't want anyone to hang around. If you're going to beat a team this year, I feel like this is a year that you've got to put them away. Um, not that comebacks can't happen, but I feel better about Michigan being up 10 against, um, you know, a Rutgers team than I do even against a winless Penn state team. So, yeah, it's a chance to get back on track. I mean, sure, he's coaching for his job because that's what everybody's talking about, fan, non-fan, and I guess we'll see what happens. And, I mean, we've got to hope and pray that this does not really spiral out of control because of this weekend because I can't promise I'll be super excited to, to chat <laughs> next week if, if uh, Rutgers gets the W. So Rutgers and Michigan are eerily similar here in points per game and points allowed per game. Michigan is scoring 26.3 and allowing 34.5. Rutgers is scoring 26.5 and allowing 34. Uh, those are all within like a half point of each other. And yeah, all within like a half point of each other. Um. I, I do wonder though, because we, you know, I guess we haven't really even talked much about the quarterback situation. Like I, I would assume Joe Milton is going to get the nod to start this one. I mean, unless things just get wild in practice and, and uh, you know, he's all of a sudden not the clear starter, but do you expect him to be on a shorter leash because it's Rutgers or do you expect him to have a little longer leash because it's Rutgers? Cause I could kind of see it going both ways. I mean, if he's coming out and making good plays, good decisions, and I mean, essentially not starting with back-to-back -back picks and back-to-back -back opening possessions, I think his leash is longer. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they try to do what they did in the early 
uh, parts of the season with Wilton Spate and, and John O'Corn. Um, I think you you may see, especially in a game that they're in control or even in a game that they're not in control of, um, a little bit of both. But if he comes out and he can kind of redeem himself, I think that's huge for him. Um, if anyone's playing for a, a job, I think it is Joe Milton because he showed flashes in week one. He threw all over the place against Michigan State and Indiana and losing efforts. And then he had, I mean, one of the worst quarterback performances a Michigan quarterback's had in, in a while. And, you know, for, for no other reason than, you know, he started very poorly, made some terrible decisions. And sure, he didn't have the help blocking. He didn't have the help from the receivers. The run game has been non-existent, you know, week after week. But, you know, he, he did not play well. Um, and he really needs this game to kind of turn his own season around if he wants to continue to be the starter. All right, let's get on here to our uh, matchup we're looking forward to, a key to the game, and then a prediction. My matchup here is, I, I guess, Michigan's edge defenders um, versus whatever blocking scheme Rutgers throws at you, um, whether it's wide receivers coming down to block you or you're just facing one of those tackles or whatever because um uh uh wisconsin oh my god i almost forgot who michigan played (laughs) i would almost rather forget actually but wisconsin had so much success getting on the edge they had like over 100 yards rushing with just receivers that they mentioned that on the broadcast which is ridiculous i mean if you're a defense that's that's an obvious glaring thing you have to patch up and I need to see that that Michigan's edge defenders, whether that's corner cornerbacks helping or if that's your defensive ends and your linebackers need to get involved, like there needs to be something to make sure that Rutgers can't do what Wisconsin did and stretch the field at will and get, you know, ten to fifteen yards on a jet sweep whenever they want to, basically. Yeah, I think I think that's a good um spot. I'll go with cornerbacks uh, and then just the secondary in general i think i've you know moved further back in the defense week after week here you have yeah that's a good point i think uh vincent gray looked a lot better of course his better performance comes when michigan gives up a thousand yards in the ground <laughs> i was just thinking that um so nice nice job defense overall um yeah what i'm looking for with the secondary though is i would like to see them force some turnovers and so whether it's stripping a ball carrier or a receiver uh, Michigan got close, it felt like. I mean, it was, it was two incomplete passes that were truly incomplete passes. But, you know, they, they got right to the ball when the ball hit the turf. Um, I'd like to see a guy like a Vince Gray or Brad Hawkins or a Dax Hill, you know, get an interception. If there's one thing that you can force Rutgers to do year after year, it's turn the ball over. Uh, Michigan has been horrible with sacks. They've been horrible with creating turnovers. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to, you know, put, the, put my – you know, emphasis on really focusing on the secondary and can you make um, make the other team make mistakes in the passing game because you have been questioned, you know, week after week. You looked a little bit better in a losing effort to uh, Wisconsin who had a great quarterback who did look uncomfortable at times. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, Michigan's not done nearly enough on defense. And so, yeah, I'll just keep moving. Back line next week, I'll have to pick something different because I'm running out of uh, defensive position groups. But yeah, secondary for me. Might have to go to the offensive offensive side of the ball. 
uh, next week. My my key to the game, I think I'm stealing this from what you said last week, but Michigan needs to get out to a fast start here because I think more than any other team in the Big Ten, um, if you get down to Rutgers early, I feel like that just gets in your head, especially Michigan one and three, losing three in a row and like seemingly getting worse each week. If you know you're in the second quarter down a possession or two, I'm, I mean, that has to get in your head, and you have to be like, "Oh my gosh, like, are we really this bad? Like, we played bad, but we're this bad that we're going to be trailing to Rutgers like this." So I think getting up early and, and getting that confidence up, which would uh, you know kind of go back to one of the keys I've been mentioning, take take that pressure off of Joe Milton or Cade McNamara or a combination of the two. Uh, let those young quarterbacks relax a little bit and not feel like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders. But man, like I feel like if you're down to Rutgers early, you know, or a half or whatever, like that's just going to get in your head really bad. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to go with just limit mistakes. Um, I think, you know, from the, the week against Indiana where they were offsides every other play or, you know, every when they weren't offsides, it was a pass interference call. I think limit the penalties. I mean, again, you can't afford to to have those in any game you want to win. But even against the Rutgers, you're looking for small things to improve on. Limit the penalties. Um, don't throw back to back interceptions to start the game. So I think my key is just you know keeping the ball out of the other team's hands and you know not giving them opportunities um, to take momentum back. I, I think of the you know, defense finally stopping Wisconsin, forcing a punt, um, still at a point where the game's basically out of control, but then running into the running into the punter. Um, you know, that's only a five-yard penalty, but it was enough to give Wisconsin a first down. And so just avoiding mistakes, I think, is the key to the game for me. Okay. Now for a prediction, man, I'm taking Rutgers in this one. Really hurts to say it. And uh, more than basically any other time, I hope I'm wrong, but Michigan is in a free fall. And I don't, I'm not confident that we've seen how bad it can get. Um, I hope that what we saw against Wisconsin, it at least levels off from there, but I haven't seen anything to like indicate that Michigan has reached the floor. I, you know, they're still falling and given the state of the program, wouldn't be surprised to just see Michigan come out flat. Wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, with a halftime deficit playing from behind in the second half because that's where they are right now. And so I think I'll take Rutgers 30-25. I know Scarlet Knights are not great. Uh, that's that's their reputation in the Big Ten. But um, I, I don't think you could really find a team in the Big Ten, and I think it would be hard to find a team across the country in a worse position right now than Michigan. Yeah, no, you're. I mean, you're not. You're not terribly wrong with with that pick. I am going to pick uh, Michigan win, and I, we talked about this. You know, I think during Saturday's game, um, this may be one of the last times I do that. I think that I could only confidently, and not even confidently, but I can only see myself, you know, picking a win maybe against Maryland. But even Maryland shown some flashes at points this season. The one thing I'll say uh, before I give my, you know, score prediction is. Even in a year where Michigan State riled off like what was it like seven losses in a row in their three and nine season, they found a way to um, beat up on Rutgers forty nine to zero. And so Rutgers always been on the you know the the wrong end of a beating. 
And, you know, they look better this year. They've had some moments. They beat Michigan State and, and actually looked like a decent team, um, as Michigan State looked like one of the worst teams. I'm still, luckily, the worst performance in the Big Ten. So, you know, unless Michigan turns it over seven times, that they'll at least be free of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if there's a, if there's a week to turn it around and sorry to Rutgers and Rutgers fans, it's, it's against Rutgers. And again, I think a win feels good, even if it, you know, feels weird that you're celebrating it. Uh, I'm going to take Michigan 34 to 23. Uh, and I, I expect it to be a game that we don't know, you know, we don't have the confidence of the outcome until middle of the fourth quarter. You got Michigan just covering on that one. Um, really quick before we go. If Michigan loses, does Jim Harbaugh have his job for the next game against Penn State? Whether he leaves, whether he's fired, is Jim Harbaugh still the coach next week if if Rutgers wins? Yes, I believe Jim Harbaugh will be the coach through the rest of the season. If there's one thing that I'm willing to hop on individually, maybe not you know for the Go, Go Blue Crew specifically, is I, I do think that this is this is his last year. I just don't think the contract will be renewed. We'll get there if that day comes and cross that bridge if it happens. But I think he's safe until the end of the season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe add some wins to this one and three season, or you know, the departure is going to look worse and worse. Okay, I'm with you. I think there's not much that could happen to to make this departure happen um, in the middle of a season. So we'll hopefully catch you next week after a Michigan win against Rutgers and uh, Michigan could be two and three going into uh, an anticlimactic game against Penn state, maybe even up that record at three and three, who knows, but uh, until then take care and go blue. Go blue.